Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Kia ora and welcome to Extra Time. I'm Bridget Tunnicliffe and this week we're talking netball. Joining me today are staff journalist Brendan Egan, locker room Suzanne McFadden and former Silver Fern and international umpire Joan Hodson. Later in the programme, Silver Fern's coach Dame Nolene Taurua will be joining us. First up, though, we're at the halfway mark of the ANZ Premiership. As predicted, the Pulse is sitting at the top of the ladder, but they've got a big weekend coming up. The Pulse are up against the Mystics on Saturday before they meet the Tactics on Sunday. Joan, Mystics are your team. They're second on the ladder, and the last time these two teams met, the Mystics really pushed them before the Pulse pulled away in the final quarter. Joan, do you think out of all of the teams, the Mystics had the best chance of upsetting the Pulse? No, I think, um, uh, you know, Steel showed that they were pretty good as well. Um, you know, even though they're, they're not at, the, uh, at that top of the ladder, um, I think, you know, what we're saying is that any actual team has got the, the chance to um, win on the day, depending on, you know, how they play it. I mean, I was really surprised at how Magic uh, turned up and played um, the other day. Yeah, my team missed it. So I've just been a wee bit worried just in the, their last few outings. I think that they've, they're starting to go within themselves and perhaps it's the, you know, the performance of their young ones at the moment. Um, it looks like they're just going within them, their, their own shells. I've just been a bit worried about the way that uh, Taylor's been feeding in because normally she lets those balls go in. Um, I don't know if it's, you know... She hasn't been releasing them as much as she has at the start of the um, season and the, the first few games that Mystics have played. So, yeah, I, I do think that they can um, beat the Pulse. But, um, yeah, I just want them to play like they were at the start of the season. Mm. Uh, interesting, like you say, that the Steel have, apart from the Mystics being the only other side really that have pushed the pulse, even despite the fact they're on the bottom of the table. Brendan, I'm thinking the Steel would have fancied their chances of an upset when they host the pulse in Invercargill next month. But with Jen O'Connell possibly out for the season, the rest of the season might actually be a bit of, stru- a bit of a struggle for the Steel. Yeah, I think the Steel are going to probably finish bottom of the table. I, um, you know, kind of I saw that uh, injury live on Saturday, and it was horrific. And I wouldn't, I, I'm expecting her to be out for the season, uh, which leaves basically uh, Khalifa McCollin, you know, running that shooting circle. And um, you know, I, I just, I had my question marks about the Steel coming into the season. Obviously, losing to Pyre and uh, Lenise Potgetter from last year, and um, I just think, you know, losing Jen O'Connell, their starting goal shoot, that's a hammer blow for the Steel. And um, I, I think they're going to be battling for the minor positions this year. Yeah. Uh, Suzanne, we saw in the Mystics game against the Tactics on the weekend how quickly they can score when Tuiava lets the ball rip into Weke. I think they were down by about by six with a few minutes left. They reeled off five straight goals, only just missed out on a draw. Suzanne, do you think they are quite dangerous from that point of view? 
Oh, definitely. But I think um, what Joan was alluding to before may have something to do with uh, the way that Helene, the coach, is playing their shooters. So it was a real surprise on Sunday to see uh, the two, I guess, the least experienced of their shooters, uh, Asher Grapes and Saviour yep. Tui, in the, in the starting um, seven. And that what I'm seeing is there's some indecision about who their main uh, two shooters are. And I think that's... Um, not derailing them, but just unsettling them a little. And I can see that in the passing into the circle that, you know, each each of those three shooters um, plays quite differently. And I think that it's time that they um, knuckled down and decided who their starting shooting pairing are and stick with them. And I would obviously go with Grace Wickey and Saviour Tui. I think she's one of the discoveries of this year's league. Yeah, I would agree with that, and I'm hoping for Helene Wilson's sake that um, their place in a grand final doesn't come down to that result against the tactics. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. In the middle of the table, you've got the Northern Stars just ahead of the tactics in fourth. Brendan, a lot of people were tipping that the tactics might make the final this year, but they need to find more consistency, don't they? Yeah, consistency has been the real issue for the tactics, um, you know, and I guess that might be a little bit of, you know, the house having to do a lot of travel flying up to Auckland every weekend. But, you know, as you say, they, they have the one good game and then the next day or a couple of days later, they follow up with a really um, sluggish performance. So, as you say, consistency for the tactic is going to be the big thing. But I feel with defensively with Jane and uh, Timalisi Fokohokotea and, uh, you know, Charlotte Elliott, wing defence has been, um, you know, she's made a lot of progress this year. Defensively, the tactics can cause some problems. And uh, with Ali Bird slotting them at the other end, um, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, got to be wary of the tactics. And the Tactics will be meeting the Pulse this weekend for the first time since round one in March before they meet the Steel. So a big weekend for the Tactics as well. The Stars, the Northern Stars, they're sitting third on the ladder. Um, Joan, what have you made of your attacking in with Maya Wilson obviously dominating at the back, Jamie Hume at goal attack and Grace Cara feeding? Oh, they're, they're awesome. Maya Wilson, to me, has probably been one of the strongest golf shooters in the competition. Um, she's accurate. She can shoot from anywhere now. And um, I just think that her partner and Jamie Hume, like Jamie Hume's really got to stand up. You can see that if you shake her, she's um, out of the picture. And she was like that in the last game. And she's got a beautiful shot. You know, the thing that I see with... Uh, Jamie is that she's just got to believe in herself a bit more. Her court craft is really good. She's really good at uh, accepting and receiving the centre passes. Um, but, yeah, I think that's that's just the weakness that they have at the moment. I've been really impressed with Mila in the centre. I mean, it's not, not easy going and playing um, that position, especially if you've been a well-known wing attack as Mila has been. Um but, man, she's really improved and progressed and she's getting quite gnarly in there. So, um, yeah, I'm really pleased for, for stars and for kids and how well they're doing and being just one point away from the Mystics, you know, that they're really uh, going for that um, finals berth. Mm. And you've got the Magic, which who have been pretty up and down this year. A bright spark for me would be probably be Sam Winders, um, her form, and Holly Fowler there as well. Um, Suzanne, do you think Sam Winders might be getting back to some of her best netball? 
I definitely do. Yeah, I agree with you, Bridget. And um, I think leadership has really helped her game as well. You know, some players react differently to being given responsibility, but I think um, we've seen her, especially in the last quarters of some of the recent games, really come to life and really lead by example. And um, that's something that, you know, as a as a New Zealand coach and selector, um, you'd be looking for. Um, it's not just about how they're playing on the on the court, but also how they're individually leading. And, yeah, I've been really impressed with her. Um, I feel for the Magic because I think that they have a really um, strong side, but they've been kind of let down by... Um, just just lapses, I think, at times. and um, But I've really loved... That's one of the things that I've really loved about this year's competition is that I still think anybody can win on the day and um, we're seeing some really intense, close netball and I really like the 12-minute quarters. I think that's helping. And, um, yeah, I, Magic could still, you know, lift themselves higher up the table with time. Yeah, and as you say, I think it's been great that we've had a couple of draws this season and really tight games. Um, I think at the beginning of the season, you know, we all would have said Pulse, and we're probably going to still say Pulse the favourites. But we're all—I get the feeling—we're all thinking, you know, someone can upset them at some point. And I'm thinking the combination between Katrina Rore and Kelly Jury is still growing. It's not as instinctive as what it was with Rore and Sula Fitzpatrick at the back. Amelia Ann Ekinasio, though, Brendan, she just gets better with age, doesn't she? Yeah, Ekinasio has been my MVP of the competition so far. Um, I was just thinking, you know, two years ago in Nolene's first game in charge, you know, Ekinasio shot 10 of 18 and uh, she got, you know, pulled off the court and then dropped. And uh, whatever she's done, she's gone away and worked in her game. And, and her play over the last two years has been outstanding. I mean, you can make a case that she's been one of the best players in the world. She was fantastic in the World Cup for the Silver Ferns. And I don't know what it is, but she's just uh, grown an arm in a leg at the moment and she's playing some sublime netball. And just looking at players who have stood out for you, there are quite a few on the comeback trail or those who have been on the fringes of the Silver Ferns. Joan, who do you think might push for higher honours sometime soon? Oh, I've been really impressed with Tema Lisi Fakakatel. I just love the way that she's um, embraced, you know, the whole competition and she just keeps getting better. I'm really impressed with our young ones at the Mystics. I've I've been just so pleased to see how they're developing and evolving. Um, Even though you know in the last in the last game, especially they've uh, you know it's been interesting just watching their transition because I feel like they're you know they're kind of gun shy now as people are getting to know how they play you know, and exploiting their weaknesses, I can just see that, that's, that they're going within themselves. Hopefully not. I hope I'm wrong there. Um, Sulu Fitzpatrick has been incredible for me mm. as well. I just mm. love her, yep. you know, just to just to knowledge and her head and the way that she works with those youngsters. Um, you know, her backup with Phoenix has been awesome. I, I think the tactics wing defence has, has also impressed me. I've been really... Pleased when she's been on mm, um, Charlotte Alley. Charlotte Alley, yeah. yeah. Oh, I just really, yeah. She's she's just starting to really build. I think that she she'll be one that that'll be pushing. I'm hoping. Suzanne, who are some of the players that have stood out for you? Yeah, Sulu Fitzpatrick for sure. Um, I just love the way that she's playing at the moment, 
and you know I hope that she is available to play for the Silver Ferns again. And um, Taylor Earle is a, a big talent in the Mystics middle, uh, and I. I really like Charlotte Alley as well. I think she's really making an impression. Yeah, uh, Erna Makaire has played out of her skin as well at times. But, um, yeah, you can't really look past Amelia Ann and, uh, at, well, Alia Dunn, you know, shooting mm. 100% games at the moment. Mm. And, you know, is this her time to step up too? It's going to be really interesting, and uh, I think Nolene's going to have quite a job this year. Yeah. <laughs> Brendan, who do you think might push for um, Silver Fern selection? Yeah, outside the Silver Fern squad, I reckon uh, Peter Tuiava at Wing Attack, she's been very impressive. Um, you know, she's a player that, that got that one cap against England in Nolene's first game, and, you know, she was really shut out of the game by Serena Guffrey and um, Jade Clark and that, you know, experienced English midcourt. But I think, you know, she looked quite nervous in that game, but I think that she's grown as a player, and if she gets another opportunity in that black dress, I really hope, and uh, I think that Peter Tuiava would take it. Um, also, uh, a few on the shooting end, obviously, you know, you've lost uh, Bailey Mess is probably going to be out for the season. Maria Falau's retired. Uh, Monica Faulkner's not in the picture. Now she's injured, so there's going to be some holes in that Silver Ferns uh, shooting in outside, you know, Ekinazio, Selby Rickett, and Wilson. So, um, you know, if, if Dunn and Grace Wickey can meet their yo yo, their, their strength and conditioning standards, um, I think those two could be knocking on the door because, you know, there, there's, there's going to be a need for another shooter in the squad. Mm. I completely agree with the sentiment around Sula Fitzpatrick. She's having a tremendous season, so clever, really taking away the space from the shooter and pairing really well with um, Phoenix Karaka. Peter Toyava, great form. Um, I do wonder with Peter whether, you know, we all know she's so quiet and shy and kind of mm. retiring off the court. I wonder if at a Silver Ferns level, one of the expectations is that you are direct with your teammates in the quarter and the halftime break and you can speak up on court. Suzanne, do you think that might be a bit of a hindrance to Peter? Yeah, it could be. And, um, you know, she is so instinctive. That pass that comes out of nowhere, or she's looking one way and indeceptibly passes it into Wiki. She needs to know her shooter really well, I think. Mm. And so it's also going to be about her building relationships with other shooters. I know that's that's with every mid-quarter, but um, I love her play, and I just sit there open-mouthed watching her. And I really do hope she gets another chance at that very elite level. I think she deserves it. But, yeah, she, she knows, I'm sure, what um, she needs to work on to get there. And um, But I, I think we have seen her make a step forward this year. Mm, totally. Uh, Joan, we've seen Tiana Maturo come off the bench this year for the Pulse really well in either goal attack or wing attack. But would she not be better off, though, moving to a franchise where she's she starts and she's getting more court time? Oh, yeah, but I can't see her moving from Wellington. No. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, she's she's been really impressive. You know, super sub, I think they're calling her. Yeah, perhaps, you know, and, and that's, she's seen that with Camille Poi moving, you know, when they were all at the Pulse and then Mila and how well those two have done. However, she's got a really, I think, a really good spot in Pulse in terms of, you know, what she can and can't do there. Any franchise would love to have her, I can tell you right now. I mean, you know, as a goal attack, especially in the other um, teams, perhaps it's not tactics, but 
Yeah, I, th- I think she's hopefully will get a chance to to be able to play. But I, I quite like how um, Yvette has been using you, you know, so... Yeah, uh, and she's you know, still too. quite young, isn't she, Joan? I mean, what an amazing, amazing. place to learn from if you're going to be yeah, yeah. learning. Hey, eh? she's got a lovely environment around her. I mean, anyone would give their left arm, I'd say, to be in that pulse team because of of how they're playing, how they look after each other, how they represent. You know, us down here at Central. For me, if I was her and I wanted to go further and be able to establish myself, then perhaps she does. I'm I'm pretty sure Tiana and Hufano would be, you know, definitely weighing up those options, you know, and, and seeing what will be best for her next year. It's time to welcome Dame Nolan Totua to Extra Time. Kia ora. Kia ora. Good morning, everyone. Morena. 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 So, Joan Hodson, you retired from the Silver Ferns in 1993. Dame Nolene, you made your debut in 1994. Was there a brief crossover when you were both in the squad? I don't you think go, so, no. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think there was, Knowles. Um No, I, I think I umpired too, but I, I remember playing perhaps in PIC, when you were in PIC. I'm, I think that was, yeah, the end of... Uh, of my playing days. Yeah, Joan was a part of the formidable uh, Auckland side who ransacked everybody else uh, for at least 10 years uh, in our local or in our national NPC. So even though we didn't cross paths at the international level, definitely, as Joan mentioned, through umpiring, but also at that uh, national level at NPC. Nolan, you've been waiting patiently and I think hearing some of our more amateur analysis of the ANZ, what have been some of the highlights for you so far? Oh, I think, you know, everybody's on target, actually, from the people that you've um, mentioned um, and also the overall analysis of whether inconsistency at times has um, or ability to be able to back up from one game to another. Um, I think, you know, you've pulled out in regards to tactics, which is a bit frustrating at times, but also know that when they do get it together that they will be formidable. I think also the mystics where they're currently sitting as well with some of the youngsters and just like always once you get the lay of the land and the pressure starts to come on that's when you see what they have Um, and it probably shows for some of them still that growth that needs to happen and their understanding or their confidence in themselves and their own identity of play I think overall the comments have been bang on and um, loved uh, individuals that have been pulled out. The Salus, I think, has also been doing a mm. tremendous job in holding up the back. With Alia as well, I feel that her game has uh, improved from last year. Her availability on the ball um, has definitely taken another notch up. Um, and, of course, Amelia Ann, who I think at the moment is a star out there and as Brent and see growing more arms and legs but just her whole persona and her aura that she's carrying and her ability to do her job plus has been outstanding. Mm. What is the selection timeline now for the Silver Ferns? Yeah, look, we've been um, meeting or on conference call every two weeks right from um, 
probably about a month prior to the start of, you know, the second wave of ANZ. Um, we will meet as a group on the 2nd and 3rd of August um, in Hamilton because that's the only sort of back-to-back game and we're getting a bit of resources now freed up. Um, and we'll all go down to Invercargill as well. So um, the team will be selected on the or announced publicly on the 25th of August, which is two days after the grand final. Is that the wider squad? Sorry, yes. Mm. Uh, excuse me. Yes, the mm. wider squad. So the Silver Fern squad and the Silver Fern development squad as well. Um, what we're looking at uh, with our numbers, we can have between 16 to 18 on the uh, Silver Fern squad. But really what I want to look at is um, we've usually had about 17 in the development squad, but I want to cut those numbers down. Um, I, I really want to integrate the two squads as much as possible. Um, some of those ones that may be on the verge may not be 100% ready, but I want to bring them into the mix of the Silver Fern squad as much as possible. So at the moment, my intention is probably to name roughly around 10, um, those ones that I know that I might be able to push and also look to bring into um, our program as much as possible. So we're going to limit, I suppose, um, or, or tighten that those numbers of, of uh, people in the Silver Fern Development Squad. Right. I know my other panellists will have some burning questions. Fire away, guys. Suzanne, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, morning, Knowles. Can you... Good morning. Um, what do you think of the 12-minute quarters and can you see it ever becoming a part of the international game? I love it. At the moment, what I see is that, you know, they've got no time to muck around. They've got to start really fast and really strong. Um, and if they are down, they've got to have strategy to be able to just grind away. Um, so, you know, uh, the offset to the 12 minutes, even though we didn't think of it before, has been tremendous and there's been so much upside. It's fast, it's furious. Um, and, yeah, you know, I just I love the, the intensity and the yeah, quality. Yeah. The intensity has been up market. So whether we'll stay, I don't know. Um, not too sure. But, um, you know, we're at the stage just taking sort of one tournament at a time. But it's definitely proved to be positive, uh, not only for the viewers, but also the players as well. Nolene, um, you know, obviously across the Tasman, the, the two-point shot's been highly controversial. I mean, do you, do you think it's going to help or hinder the Australian Diamond Shooters for Constellation Cup later in the year? As I've mentioned publicly that I, I do like the two-point shots, but I, I like it attached to the fast five uh, uh, variation of our game. I'm a bit of a traditionalist, so and the traditional style is actually the international rules. Um, so it would be interesting how um, the Australian players um, actually manage themselves coming out of ECCN and going into the diamonds. Um, they're not accustomed to those long bomb or they're not long bomb specialists and hopefully the product out on court for ECCN is not going to be negative because of air balls. Um, but only time will tell as to what they look like when they do come into the international arena. Hopefully it it creates a bit of confusion, if I'm going to be honest. Um, but also, you know, the offset might be a positive for them, sort of similar take as to the 12-minute quarters for us. There might be some upside that comes out of the um, two-point shot mm. and the confidence around that. 
My question to you, Knowles, is um, whose idea was it that you and Deb sit on the coaches' benches? I think it's wonderful. Who came up with the idea, Bert? Yeah, look, we're in a very privileged position. I think we get to um, have a feel, I suppose, of the players prior to selection, um, can hear what the instruction is from the coaches and then how the players can actually go out and execute or not. Um, so, and really how far get a good indication through hands-on of how far they are, how close they are to international standards um, or not. And so very privileged. And also note that for one game, I'm with one team and the other next day, I'm with another team. So, you know, just keeping my mouth shut, to be honest, and being (laughs) very disciplined that I don't share information that could put another team on the back foot. But um, these were one of the ideas as well that came out in the lockdown. Um, And at that time, the clubs didn't know what resources they had and also possibly they couldn't have their assistant coaches with them so um, it was actually posed by the coaches themselves I put it back to Netball New Zealand if they were happy with that and they were so it's been a marriage made in heaven (laughs) at Mm, the moment brilliant Dane, Nolene, during your career, you did your ACL twice, so you know firsthand how awful they are. The Steel have potentially lost two-thirds of their shooting into ACLs at the halfway point of the season. For me, it feels like players are getting more of these kinds of injuries. ACLs doing their Achilles. Is it worse now compared to 20, 30 years ago? Yeah, ACLs has always been a um, a common injury as uh, Achilles has as well, and that was one of the things that we were mindful of in regards to the management of the load. And unfortunately, as well, and we don't actually have any answers on this, is because of the travel load, how much that's made an impact in regards to the fatigue, um, and then possibly as well the general fitness of those individual athletes. So there's a lot of variables. I I suppose that's added in there. I think when I did my ACL, probably the first one, there was probably about another three that had done theirs in the season. Um, and, you know, we work hard in the Silver Ferns and really proud about our our injury or lack of injuries in the Silver Fern because we work really hard on our prehab. But unfortunately, that's just those injuries are part of netball nowadays and if we can work on our rehab to strengthen ourselves to make sure that we can minimise those injuries as much as possible unfortunately those things might be just part of uh, netball and the elite level Mm. but we definitely are mindful of those injuries because we know that it takes takes players out definitely for one year um, and confidence level was probably two years on top of that so we can't afford for that to happen. Mm. Um, Nolene I'm wondering if you like to get deep into the stats for example if I was to ask you which player had the most deflections so far in the ANZ who would that be? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm not too sure on the actual individual stats as such, but I've got a bit of a handle overall on everything. So um, deflections, you have deflections that are, you know, you gain and then deflections that you don't gain. Um, Sulu's actually pretty high on those stats, as is Jane. 
Mm. Jane's always a person their arms and legs go all over the way. Um, what I would like for some of them is actually deflect to gain instead of not gaining the ball or keeping the possession. Um, but uh, both of those players I know are very high in that regard and also intercepts as well. Okay, guys, opening up the floor. Any other questions for Dame Nolene? Yep, I have one. When you were talking before about fitness, obviously I've, I've noticed an increase in the fitness and that has a lot to do with the very long pre-season that the players have had. But are you generally happy with the fitness that you're seeing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we knew that the fitness levels had um, shifted um, through the testing that we did over lockdown period. But once again, not until you get into reality that you can actually see how that transfers onto court. So overall, really happy. Um, even in our probably, um, I think we've got 34 in both squads and there's only three or four now that who haven't met the fitness criteria in comparison to nearly a half when I first went in. So I'm really happy with the shifts that have been made and you can see that out on court. I think they're looking fantastic, very athletic um, and we look like high-performance athletes and I think the quality of the matches are starting to um, show that as well. So really happy overall in that respect. Dame Nolene, I'd be keen to get your thoughts. Obviously, we touched on um, Amelia Rand before, but you know, you're obviously around here with the uh, Silver Ferns environment. Where is it that she has made the biggest growth in her game? Is it as much mental as anything she's doing, you know, out there on court? Um, what have you seen from her? Her confidence in herself, if I'm going to be honest, is probably uh, the the initial starting point for her, knowing where her place is, as she says uh, to me, um, and. Um, her authenticity and everybody knows she's got a lovely way and manner about her Um, and she's also getting to that more mature stage in her life as well where she's settled and you know whether um, her family life and and knows what that all looks like and and her her child or her children Um, so I think you know that in itself has transferred out on court she looks so confident she's leading by example through her own game, but also uh, leading others in and around her. Um, I'm really happy with her transition, uh, where she's currently sitting, and you know, her being our current Silver Fern captain as well. I think she's leading from the front, and I'm really pleased about that. That's extra time for this week. Thank you to Stuff Sport journalist Brendan Egan, locker room Suzanne McFadden, former Silver Fern Joan Hodson, and Silver Ferns coach Dame Nolan Totoa. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Bridget Tunnicliffe. Kaidera. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.